but just really understanding these sometimes intricate or unique problems that CIOs are facing um, and the challenges that they're facing in overcoming these problems and really making that understanding and um, the exercises and the work that you need to do to really understand those problems part of your marketing strategy. Welcome to Agents of Change, a podcast about the future of B2B marketing, featuring insights from executives at top agencies. I'm Danielle O'Neill with Leadtail. Let's hop on in. Hi, welcome to Agents of Change. We're really excited today to be joined by a couple of representatives from our friends over at the Merit Group. First, we have Erin Urban. She is the PR account supervisor with specialty in healthcare. And so we're going to talk to her a little bit about some of the findings that they have in their new marketing guide. And joined with her is Tom Rice. He is the EVP over at the Merit Group, who was also a big driver in this particular guide that we're going to talk about today. So we're so thrilled to have you both here today. I know that our audiences are always interested in learning more when it comes to healthcare marketing, just given the nature of the industry itself. It's always hard for us to find ways to get to those audiences. And you have some new information that's going to help us break through the noise that we're really excited to dive into. Um, so with that, first, I'm going to send it over to you, Tom. When you we were doing this marketing guide, what were some of the things that surprised you most? And really, where did this come from? Where was this idea that we needed to dive deeper into it? Yeah. And, and just to back up a step, too, I mean, I can give you a little bit of the context in terms of, you know, how we came to produce this healthcare marketing guide. I mean, a lot of our clients who are health tech and med tech companies are often um, really challenged with how to reach the health system CIO. I mean, that's really who they're marketing and and trying to sell to. And they're really often challenged with that. So we really want we really wanted to create some answers for them. So we went out and uh, got a, a survey company called 72 Point to help us um, interview some of these health system CIOs and found out how to best, again, market and sell to them. So that's, that's what we, we went out and did. So um, to answer your question on this, most most surprising things that came out of the guide. Um, first, I think really the death of the, of the importance of the media co- of media coverage out there has been greatly exaggerated. Uh, it's been out there for years that, you know, is, is PR really, uh, you know, going to sustain itself? Is PR really important? And I think, you know, what came out of this um, survey and the guide itself is that, you know, media coverage is important to these CIOs. They are paying attention to it. Um, also, interestingly, I mean, the top uh, um, market force influencing health tech buying decisions is, you know, right. Like I said, media, 70 percent of the respondents said this. Trade publications, medical journals, national business outlets are, are really the most important ones that they're looking at. Um, secondly, really was the importance of industry events. You know, 75% of the respondents said they still get their product and vendor info from events. Um, I know we've you know heard the past few years with with COVID, of course, or you know, is it really are industry events still important? Are they really gonna um, have have staying power out there? So we really, you know, we're surprised to see that events are still and physical events, of course. Are still really important. Um, I will say though that uh, you know, in talking for our clients, um, I think there is still you know to be determined like how effective these events are, and really um, will events change as we go forward. And then finally, I think it was most surprising to us too that sixty percent of health system CIOs say they believe that health IT marketers you know really understand their marketing unique needs, and that's that's a that's a surprising number. I mean, you know, you think that. Um, that number would be a lot lower. That uh, the marketers are really helping to reach, you know, health system CIOs a lot better. But there seems to be a big gap out there in in what uh, health health system CIOs are 
are seeing out there. So really, you know, it's clear to us that these CIOs really want vendors to do more research, um, really bring more external voices in that really understand the realities of, of working in the health system. And then, you know, certainly leading more with ROI and clinical validation, um, making it easier for them to learn about the vendor's value and impact um, through shorter and more digestible content. So um, definitely that there's a, a huge gap there. But we, you know, I, I think we didn't think the gap would be that huge to answer your question. That's really interesting. And I love the fact that kind of the OG marketing, if you will, still lives on, you know, to your point, all we hear is that this doesn't work anymore. Traditional ways of marketing don't work anymore. And what we're finding more and more is that that is not the case. And a lot of times it's the traditional marketing that's helping us almost build these relationships. Um, and so when we're talking through these different ways to marketing, whether it's using traditional marketing or the, the new types of marketing, which can encompass many things, it's really important that we cut through the noise so we can bring that value to your point, Tom, that they said that they're looking for. So Aaron, you know, how do we cut through that noise? How do we bring the value to our CEOs to build those long lasting relationships and cut through the noise? Yeah, well, I think it starts with what Tom spoke about, which is really understanding these sometimes intricate or unique problems that CIOs are facing um, and the challenges that they're facing in overcoming these problems and really making that understanding and um, the exercises and the work that you need to do to really understand those problems part of your marketing strategy. Again, as Tom said, 55% of the CIOs we surveyed said that marketers could do a better job of understanding the problems that they're trying to solve. So, I mean, there are so many new and exciting technologies out there, but oftentimes we as marketers are so laser focused on our value propositions and the messages that we are trying to send and sort of what we have in our mind as what we're what we're trying to say, what we feel we have to sell to them. And we're not maybe listening closely enough to the CIOs and hearing the unique challenges that they're facing, why this technology isn't quite right for them right now, what we can do to speak to those concerns better if we do feel that we can overcome them. It's really about listening and thinking specifically about, you know, what these unique challenges are, not maybe what we think they are. And then obviously the second and more tactical part of cutting through the noise is delivering the marketing content in formats that they prefer. So again, we know that CIOs like videos. They like visuals. Um, they also continue to like more traditional things like case studies. And again, things that demonstrate real impact, real ROI. But I don't think that these two preferences are necessarily in conflict. It's not so black and white that it's old and new. Um, I think there are so many marketing tools in 2023 that we can marry these two things. And um, I think, you know, social media is one of those. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, maybe, um, you know, how, where, how and where we can marry things like video and new and visually and engaging pieces of content with the more traditional forms. So I think those are uh, two ways that we can break through the noise. I love that. And one of the things that you mentioned is meeting them where they are. And you know, this goes back to our conversation just a couple of minutes ago about, you know, we have this preconceived notion that they're all on social. You have to be posting on LinkedIn to find them. You have to get them on Twitter, but that's not necessarily the case. And as your findings have shown, we even talked about it, Tom, earlier, events and events are huge for information sharing. And from some of the findings that we saw in your report was that events are key for them. So what are some of the most successful things that you're seeing healthcare vendors doing 
at these events to cultivate these relationships, build them with the CIOs that are attending them? Yeah, well, I think I could jump in and take this one if that's all right, Tom. Um, I think when we started diving into diving in deeper into why CIOs really like these events. You know, we had to do a little bit of inferring. Obviously, we didn't necessarily have um, the the specific responses from them. So we had to do a little bit of thinking. And, you know, one of the things that we sort of infer about why they like these in-person events is that they can ask these very specific questions um, that they have and address these very specific concerns that might not be being addressed in this content, you know, that we're all generally putting out. So as silly as it sounds, having honest conversations at events and just uh, regular conversations about the challenges, not necessarily being in sales mode. Again, just using our ears and really listening, um, using events as in that a very important information gathering opportunity is, is huge. That's how you make the most of the events that you're at. Um, and again, uh, I think another thing that we can learn about how CIOs responded to this question is that just showing up to events is critical. And in a time where many marketing programs are are looking at their budget and reassessing what events they can attend, should attend, do they have the money to spend on events at all? Um, you know, I, I think that this hearing that events are so important really reaffirms their value and the value of just showing up and being there. And, you know, certainly in, in challenging economic times or uncertain economic times, you know, decisions will have to be made. But um, I think anecdotally, we've heard a lot from clients that, you know, maybe the event scene isn't quite, doesn't feel to them like it quite like what it was before COVID. But what we've heard is that they're still important. So maybe they may look a little bit different and they may feel a little bit different than they were before, but they're still important and are something that still needs to continue to be prioritized in their marketing strategies. I love that. And I love that you touched on the fact that we need to be better about listening and not necessarily in sales mode. You know, we see a lot of that in events because we send our demand gen teams, we send our sales teams, and so often it just becomes full on sales mode. Let me demo this product to you. Let me show you how great we are instead of really listening to that pain point of why is the CEO CIO talking to you and what is it that they're trying to get out of the conversation. So I love that you hammered that home, Aaron. That that's huge. And I think for marketers, we have to remember that if we're not there. We have to train our sales teams to get involved in that and really become the listener, not just the seller. I think at the end of the day, we're all human and feeling like you're being heard and, you know, coming out out of an event saying, well, you know, this person wasn't putting the hard press on, but I felt that they were really listening to me and really listening to what I'm trying to achieve. It can really go such a far way. Yeah. I think. And, and I think, too, that, I mean, Aaron touched on it. I mean, certainly we all know, we all read the headlines. Certainly this year is about economic headwinds and managing through those. So fingers crossed, you know, that these CIOs are going to be able to attend these key events this year. I mean, that's that's certainly number one. And then number two, if they are going to be there, uh, back to my point, you, you know, the these marketers need to lead, at least in their first two messages, with an ROI message. Because, I mean, certainly cost savings is going to be a, a big part of what they're going to be tasked with. Yeah. And that's a great point to lead the conversation with that, because that is going to be a huge part of, of what they're looking at for 2023 and beyond. As we all know, the industries are, are getting hit hard right now. And so having that conversation to listen will then almost in turn help your sellers understand how they can address that pain point. So those are all fantastic. And my my little pre-event heart was very excited to hear you mention that. <laughs> 
And then moving on to the next passion of mine, and I was so excited to see this, is influencer marketing. Um, we know based on your findings that CIOs are finding importance in influencer marketing and they're seeing the value of it. Um, so what can healthcare marketers do to really cultivate these influencer relationships in a way that the CIOs will now see and value and begin to listen to the messages that they're sharing? Yeah, the, the influencer that, you know, is typical in the uh, in the health technology space is really the key opinion leader or the KOL. Um, that's really what uh, our health, our clients are looking to, to who are they're looking to cultivate as they you know, build their marketing program. So um, to answer your question, I mean, first, it's really about building the ideal profile for uh, of your of the KOL, you know, you, you want to bring on establish what characteristics, you know, and opportunities for engagement, whether it be, you know, do you want th them to produce published articles? Are you looking for them to speak on your behalf in industry events? Are you looking for them to do thought leadership, you know, producing articles for you out there in publications. So these are really essential to sit down first and really understand how you're going to achieve your objectives with the with the key opinion leader. So really, once you have this together, it's time to start your search for who that ideal KOL is. So KOLs obviously can typically be found in article searches, you know, asking your network um, for referrals, such as, you know, your board of advisors or um, our company executives, certainly attending speaking engagements at at key events, that's typically where KOLs are, are likely going to be, um, and certainly browsing social media content for and any you know, research specific forums as well. Um, but, you know, once you have your KOLs on board, you know, their activities should really be defined by a strategic plan um, with goals and KPIs. I mean, I think we've we've heard a lot of uh, companies out there who have say, hey, great, we've got this KOL, but there's no really defined activities and there's no real um, you know, end goal in mind or, or even, you know, a goal in mind. So it's important to have a strategy when that KOL comes on board and making sure that, you know, he or she is going to, um, you know, help you achieve your marketing goals. Um, and of course, while the focus of the plan is to benefit, you know, your own marketing efforts, you know, the plan needs to obviously benefit the KOL as well and, and make sure the relationship really does work. So um, at the end of the day, I mean, the, the KOL is going to be a, a huge part of your marketing program. You know, he or she is going to be really there as you go out and, and promote your um, your thought leadership and and certainly promoting the company. I mean, you certainly have to have to have things in mind in terms of being careful of how you use the KOL. I mean, the KOL is not going to be out there, you know, uh, promoting your products, um, certainly, but uh, uh, you, you have to have those things in mind as you really build the profile of that KOL. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that's a key aspect, too, is that you're not asking them to go and sell your product. You're really just essentially just building those relationships so you can reach those similar audiences together. And that's where a lot of times the influencer marketing tends to get stuck is you're looking for somebody to push your product, not necessarily become that thought leader, as you mentioned. And so I'm glad to hear that the CIOs are finding value in these thought leaders and giving them something more to hold on to. And so when we're thinking about influencers and knowing those goals and objectives and really the different ways that we can engage with and collaborate with our influencers that kind of throws it back to traditional marketing, you know, and some other ways that we can do with the traditional marketing with them together. And to your point earlier, we see that traditional marketing and PR aren't dead. CIOs are responding to this. So how do we take that content and how do we leverage it across these different platforms like publications and social when thinking about influencer marketing and then even just traditional marketing? 
Yeah. Well, I think uh, coming from a PR background, um, my response to this question and the answers that we, you know, got were, I was thrilled to see that CIOs still really value and equally value both trade and national business publications, you know, and asking where they're getting their healthcare news. Those two were weighted equally. And so continuing to have a PR strategy, obviously my, my background and my primary focus that includes both, um, and, and seeing that that's still resonating is thrilling. I know many clients want to think maybe that um, it's sort of top tier or, or nothing, top tier business press or nothing. And I think what we see and what we tell our clients, obviously, it's a huge priority to get top tier. Um, it's a focus. It is critically important. However, taking the opportunities to maybe write some more lengthy or in-depth content um, in a trade publication that really speaks to a specific problem or specific audience still hugely valuable. So that's, you know, one area where uh, a one tr very traditional PR marketing uh, tactic that is still working. Thrilled to see it. Um, and then just in terms of some of these other things, you know, social, again, it wasn't the top place that CIOs are getting their healthcare news. Um, but, you know, as I was sort of alluding to earlier, it social media is a place where things continue to evolve and we can continue to lean on some of the old, bring in some of the new. I mean, I think why we continue to see LinkedIn be probably the most valuable, you know, social media um, for B2B health tech marketing is because you can bring in some of that traditional marketing tactics. You can bring in the traditional PR tactics. You can amplify traditional media and earned media and media relations success, thought leadership. You can, you know, post about thought leadership that you've earned in channels and also add to it maybe your more personal um, thoughts on top of it in the form of the post. You can bring in video. We know they love that. You know, social media, you can do all of these things. You can, uh, in one post, you can cover so many of the ways that healthcare CIOs want to learn about vendors or news. It, it's really the place where you can marry it all. So, you know, maybe it's not the the top uh, source, but there's no doubt it's still an important place to um, engage with these CIOs and, and your healthcare buyer. And it, it needs to be part of your marketing strategy. You can't let social totally yeah. fall by the wayside. So what platforms did you find that they were most active on and most engaged with? Yeah. So uh, uh, although it wasn't explicitly part of the survey, I think, um, you know, what we've sort of as a team and part of our continuing research is that we continue to find LinkedIn is, is really critical. Um, again, for all of those reasons that you can sort of bring everything um, in, into one place there. Yeah, absolutely. And our hearts were happy to see how important video is. It's one of the drum beats, every client meeting, we have to get more video. We have to get more video. We have to get more video. So we were excited to see that the CIOs are also responding to the video content and being able to to really engage them in a way with the videos, um, and so that just made our made our hearts happy to hear that we're starting to get more on that trend. And when we're thinking about the videos with the CIOs, the fact that they are engaging with them is a key. So, what type of content would you suggest putting in those videos when you're sending it to CIOs? Yeah. Tom, do you want to take yeah, this Yeah, I'd say, I mean, it kind of goes to, you know, what, what they're asking for, um, which is, you know, it's they want to hear from their peers. So certainly case study type videos, I think, would go a long way in terms of like hearing from another um, CIO out there in terms of how they solved a similar problem. So I, I think certainly, you know, in the way in terms of the length of the video, of course, as we know, shorter is the better, something in the way of two, three minutes. 
Um, but, but, you know, I, I would say number one is kind of that case study type video is going to be um, the best way to reach this audience. And I think another, you know, bit about video, and again, this isn't directly from uh, from the marketing report, but something that we have now built on um, as a result of these findings is that, you know, video uh, video is another thing that has very much evolved. Maybe more um, experienced marketers might think that there is sort of a certain format or a certain threshold for quality that you really need to meet. And sort of after COVID, the rules around that has have really been thrown out the window. Um, I mean, video in sort of any form can be valuable. Obviously, we need to adhere to sort of the common sense rules. We need to keep it brief. We have short attention spans. It needs to be inclusive. It needs to be accessible. Of course, these are important things in 2023. But, you know, video doesn't necessarily need to be the highest, highest production quality that it once was. Um, when we use videos, you know, we should create them in ways that we can then break them up into other smaller pieces and use them in other ways. I mean, we know large successful health tech companies that are using Canva to break up video content. I mean, these tools are accessible. Video doesn't need to be a, a professional production to be valuable. Um, it just needs to be answering and delivering what these CIOs are looking for. So uh, just something to add there about the video. Absolutely. And we love and embrace all of that. And I know one of the findings here is going to break every content marketer's heart, but white papers were found to be the least interesting for our CEOs. And Tom, as we're talking about the case studies and we're talking about the information that we have available to us, we know that, for instance, white papers are a great source of information for case studies. We get some great data, some great analytics that we provide in it. But what our findings showed us was that this is the least interesting to our CEOs. They're not reading our white papers. So how can we take that valuable information that's within it and really turn it into a ways of means, if you will, of how do we get this information to the CIOs and really deliver it for them? Yep. And right, that this audience was was not a fan of white papers. And that's not unusual. I mean, we're seeing that kind of really across different segments of, of our client base. So um, definitely not a unique issue here with with health system CIOs. So, I mean, really, the main point here is that content just needs to be more visual today um, versus just kind of all text, which is really how um, you know really folks view white papers. So, it really is about making content, you know, certainly as they as they say out there, more snackable um, versus long term content. You know, taking a long you know white paper and and you know creating videos out of it or creating you know um, short blogs. Certainly, we've we've seen. Um, turning a white paper into an ebook, which is more visual, more interactive. Um, that's that's one way to slice it. Um, but certainly, you know, content that's smaller, more visual, has more of a, more of an impact to the reader than just them sitting down and ring, you know, uh, eight to ten pages of text. Um, that that's really what uh, what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. It seems to your point, Aaron. We want more visual. We want it faster. We want it in more biteable pieces to be able to get the information rather than spending 20 minutes on our lunch break reading a white paper. And I think that that's maybe not only just because that's how we digest information today, but, um, you know, as the CIO has to or learns about um, a new technology or anyone in the health system, you know, learns about a new technology, they need to be able to take that bits of those bits of information 
and share them with the other people involved in the buying decision. So I think that's part of it too. It's part of how we uh, digest content nowadays. We need it digestible, um, but also we need it to be shareable um, because these decisions aren't made in a vacuum. They aren't made by one person at the end of the day. Although, you know, we're obviously all after this, this CIO persona. Um, it really is often a, a group decision and you need to have information about why, uh, you know, this, technology is is valuable and you need to be able to share that with other people. So that's a great reminder too. the fact that to your point, they're not in a vacuum. They're not the only ones making the decisions. They are the ones that are disseminating all the information to provide it as an informed decision. Um, so those are all great points. And we're really excited to dive more into this marketing guide. And I know that audiences will be as well. So as we kind of wrap up, I had a couple of questions for you on this guide. So first, what affirmed your beliefs going into this research and in your discussions with these CIOs? Yeah, goes- from my, yeah, sorry, from my perspective, what we expect to find out, and we definitely did, is that you know many of uh, the vendors out there are just not meaningfully connecting with CIOs in the way that they think they are or that they hope to. Um, you know, with their overall current marketing efforts. And, you know, again, like I said, you know, at the, at the start of our chat, you know, we really didn't think the number would be that high, the close to 60%. Um, we also found that CIOs want vendors to just do more research, you know, and, and bring in more external voices that actually understand the realities of working with the health system or voices that work in one. And again, that's, you know, bringing in um, folks, you know, that are their peers, other CIOs, um, or, or they could be KOLs, um, mm-hmm. So that that's really a big thing, too. I think also um, CIOs want marketers to make it more, you know, a lot more easier for them to really learn about their product's value and, and you know, again, impact them through shorter digestible content, as we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, rather than being just, you know, self, self-serving, promotional, marketers really need to offer more proof um, related to how their solutions can help and not just, you know, kind of throwing ideas out there. Um, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, marketers need to lead much more, um, like I said, with ROI and clinical validation of their solution. Um, at the end of the day, that's going to that's going to really win them over um, versus the other things such as being you know, self-promotional and just kind of pushing products. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear you talking about it from the healthcare perspective. But also in my head, I'm thinking about all the different industries that we as marketers touch. I bet if we were to survey in all these other industries, the servings or the findings would be very similar to what we're finding with CIOs. They want more digestible information. They want you to tell them why, touch on their pain points, and really listen to the problems that you're trying to solve and the problems that they have, as opposed to just constantly trying to sell them. Um, Aaron, are there any parting words of wisdom that you would give to marketers in the healthcare industry or other industries based on the findings that we have from this guide? Yeah, I think one parting thought I have is that, you know, and what we've learned and and seen is that um, the proof is in the pudding. Um, You know, you need to have those ROI metrics. You need to have, there are so many, I mean, in healthcare, there have been so many incredible new ideas um, come into the marketplace over the last couple of years as we've faced new problems never seen before and continue to face healthcare challenges that we've faced for 
you know, decades. Um, so, you know, there's all these new ideas, but until you can really um, validate and, um, you know, show real examples through case studies of how it's really making an impact or the financial message, the ROI, I mean, um, and a great ideas and everything, you have to be able to demonstrate it's, it's proof. Um, so I think that making that a priority as part of your marketing and budgeting for the initiatives and the tactics that help you to do that continue to be critical. It's, it's the way you break through. So um, I think that that's sort of the big takeaway from all of this, from my perspective. Absolutely. And Danielle, back to your point too. I mean, audience, it does seem like to back to your point, it is a more of a traditional audience, you know, in terms of their interest in events and the press. So that is something I think that, that that came out of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that event marketers are very happy to hear this. <laughs> Spend time thinking about your events again. So that's very exciting for everybody to hear. Well, thank you both so much for joining today. We had so much fun reading through this information and know that this is going to be very valuable to all of the healthcare marketers out there, and everybody else in other industries. Um, so we're excited to have this time with you and Thank you both. Thank you so much, Danielle. It was great chatting with you today. I appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. And thank you, Tom, for joining. Thanks so much for having us. Really appreciate it. We really enjoyed the discussion today. Thank you, Tom. It's been great. And thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thanks for having us today. Really appreciate it. 